What is up, Irish fans? Happy Monday to everyone out there. It is the Locked On Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I know it's the start of another work week. Blah. This is going to be kind of a somber show yet again. Like I said a few weeks ago, it's like, man, sometimes these shows write themselves and for all the wrong reasons. But um, but we got to forge on. We're in sports media. We got to do our thing. And, uh, yeah, dedicate this one to uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, if you're tuning in to hear, you know, not anything about Kobe, um, he, he had such an impact on the sports world. How could you... How could we not talk about Kobe at least a little bit here in the first segment and his impact on sports, especially when you got guys like Chase Claypool out there tweeting, just cancel all the NBA games today. And, you know, the impact he had, especially on these younger guys, uh, you look at a guy like Trey Young hugging his mom right after uh, warmups and in tears and, you know, the older generation, they thought of Kobe like um, Michael Jordan thought of him as like a, um, you know, a little brother. And then these younger guys, football players, baseball basketball you pick it they all thought of Kobe as just like <laughs> just held him in a different light I mean you look at guys like Tiger Ali Jordan I mean Kobe's right up there with all the great ones Babe Ruth I mean you make that Mount Rushmore of athletes and Kobe's Kobe's right up there I mean modern day LeBron James I mean all those guys are so impactful um so before we get moving too much further into the Kobe stuff and uh, we're also going to talk today uh Irish too little too late, 85-84 lost to Florida State. We're going to talk about that, and is there reason for optimism, or is this just going to be kind of how we how we play? Um, third segment, we're going to talk. Uh, there was a new offensive assistant coach. There's a position open for the Irish, so send those resumes in now. But uh, there was a coach interviewed, so we'll talk about that. And then uh, we had a player booted from his original commitment to Notre Dame um, over some stupid burglary stuff. This is just just crazy, throwing away your future like that. So make sure you're following us out there on Facebook, on Twitter, at Locked On Irish. Make sure you're listening to us wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, all those places. Keep on listening to us. So back to Kobe Bryant here. I mean, just the impact he had, not only on basketball. I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier. But, I mean, just, ugh. And it was crazy. I mean, just to go out in a helicopter crash with his 13-year-old daughter, man. Ugh. And then I I'd get, I was doing some editing on some some local girls' basketball highlight videos. And, and I, somebody's texting me like I'm some kind of source saying, is this true? And of course, you know, in 2020 media, you gotta you gotta fact check it. And this was one time where TMZ got it right. Now, as far as the other news outlets, it was like, okay, uh, I can tell it's the weekend, and we're having a breaking story, and uh, we're kind of mailing it in here on the weekend with our staffing. But I mean, just what Kobe did for basketball. I mean, five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP. <clears throat> Uh, God, 18-time All-Star. I mean, I'm just going, there's so many credentials, I'm not even going to lie to you and act like I know them uh, because I don't. Um, 06, 07, two-time NBA scoring champion, defensive second team, uh, all-defensive first team nine times. I mean, that was the thing with Kobe. He wasn't just a scorer. I mean, he would lock you down, too. Um, he wasn't just a guy that's just going to mail it in on the defensive side, uh, you know, like a, like a Russell Westbrook or a James Harden just so he can get his. Now, toward the end of his career, he did have some cherry-picking moments. Uh, the 81-point game was kind of one of those, uh, I don't know how much of this is uh, just funneling down to him and things like that. But, uh, 
uh, you know, and forcing the ball his way so he can get these points. But, I mean, there's no denying his greatness. There's really nothing you can take away. No, I mean, and if him and Shaq could have got along, could you have imagined how many titles they would have had? Had they have been able to get along and, and play together for, I mean, really, that combination should have stayed together from, I mean, when did um, when did Shaq get with the Lakers? Come on, somebody help me out here. I'm trying to, I can't think off the top of my head. I can't remember when the Shaq got with the Lakers, but if he was with them for the rest of that time, can you imagine what they would have done together? It would have been incredible. Yeah, I just found it here. Shaq got with the Lakers in 96, played with them to 04. I mean, he he was still a good player in 04. I mean, four more years with the Lakers, it's hard telling what those teams could have done. Um, you know, they, they, won, they won it all in 09. They won it all in 10. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know what else they could have done, but I mean, just an incredibly sad day. And you just look around, you got women's basketball players in Oregon talking about how their season's now dedicated to Kobe. You got people outside of the Staples Center gathering around and putting up flowers and things like that. I mean, it's insane. The When somebody dies like this, it, it, it's truly just insane the impact they have. And this is what kind of brings it out. We all knew Kobe was a legend. And, and, and of course, one day after LeBron passes him for third on the all-time scoring list, I mean, wow. I mean, I, I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm not at all. In fact, I wasn't much of a Kobe fan, to be honest with you. But I, he was one of those guys that I appreciated more the later in his career. I remember one of the things that pulled me on board with him was when he talked about the way the guys were dressing toward the end of his career. And he's like, I don't know, man. He talked about how he was kind of from the old school and that kind of, that wasn't for him. And uh, I always kind of appreciated that. And, and he was, he was kind of an old school player. He, he didn't mind mixing it up, playing rough. He wasn't about ticky tack fouls and things like that. He was a real tough guy. Seemed to be, I mean, blew out his Achilles, shot those free throws. Um, you know, I always had a salty spot because I'm a Pacer fan. I've made it no secret. And that, that was our chance, man. That was our chance at our title. And, and yeah, him and Shaq, they pretty much, uh, pretty much took that away from us. I mean, we fought hard, but unfortunately we just couldn't, couldn't pull it out. And, uh, even though we thumped those guys in game five, I don't, I don't want to let that go away. 120 to 87. Don't you forget that one. But, uh, I mean, just some of the stuff that guy did was incredible. Um, he was able to dish the ball around and, and just do it on both sides. You know, rebounds, um, assists, six, over 6,000 assists. I think about 33,000 points, 7,000 rebounds. That's insane. I mean, what what a career. I mean, just what a career for this guy. Um, and, and we don't want to let you know, kind of let it go either about, you know, his daughter, obviously terrible. I mean, just, uh, terrible, terrible. Um, the daughter, Gianna, 13 years old. Um, I mean, I definitely feel for his wife and his other kids and it's just awful. I mean, there's, there's no other way to describe what, what happened. I mean, everybody tweeting about it, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, everybody coming together in, in you know, just supportive, just wow. Um, Wow. Uh, and now they're saying nine victims, um, all nine dead. It was they were going to her, uh, his daughter's basketball game, and it was a parent and kids on there, another kid on there apparently. And uh this this is rough, man. This is a rough one. If you're if you even just like sports, I mean, you know who? There's there's few guys out there that you're like, you know, people that not, aren't a big fan of boxing. They know who Mike Tyson is. You're not a big fan of baseball. You've heard of Babe Ruth. I mean, that was Kobe. You you walk around, there's a, a ninety year old woman barely. 
maybe flip past a black and white baseball game at one point in time of her life. And other than that, watches like the Young and the Restless reruns or something. She knows who Kobe Bryant is. I can assure you of that. That's the kind of impact this guy had. That is the kind of impact he had. I mean, it was just it was incredible, and he's going to be missed. And really sad even beyond that as I was trying to watch some of the footage and Oh, it's tough watching these guys that knew them or were friends with them or replayed with them and talking about how they oh, they thought they were going to grow old and talk about their days playing and who they played against and, and just a key piece to all those great teams and all those great memories are, are definitely going to be gone. So, unfortunately, uh, gone just, just much too soon, and especially in his daughter's case. So, prayers to his family, him, all, everyone involved in was just a terrible situation. I mean, the sports community is definitely mourning this loss. All right, guys, back at it again, Locked On Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hard to follow up that uh, first segment there. Uh, it's tough. Um, tough to move along, but we have to. That's what we're here for. Uh, definitely wanted to give you guys our reaction to that, to losing Kobe Bryant. And, and if you're one of these people that are just like, oh, I don't need to be just filling up my timeline or asked about this or whatever, I don't care about that, then maybe you're just not the kind of listener I want on Locked On Irish, you know? I mean... I bet I venture to say about every locked on channel, locked on uh, team, locked on podcast is talking about the Kobe Bryant loss. And one of the reasons I did get into sports media was so I wasn't the person talking about the same five stories, but not these kind of stories. This is so impactful throughout the entire sports world. So, so Irish lose. I wish I could get to a more positive topic, but hard to spin this one around. Irish lose 85, 84. Um, it's a tough one. I mean, my first thought is, is this what we're... I mean, I already called it, didn't I? I've said it shows and shows ago that this is kind of what we're going to expect from this team, isn't it? They're going to be in a, a little bit in every game. I mean, I, I've even said this before. I feel like I'm just crazily repeating myself here, but hey, what's the definition of insanity, right? Probably going to be doing it until when season over? I, I don't know, somewhere in March? If we can... If we survive that long... I mean, I was texting back and forth with a buddy, uh, actually a contributor to this show with some content, and I mean, I think Bray would play three-on-five at this point. I mean, I have to ask the question. I want to know, why isn't Jogu even on the team? Why? I mean, why is Morgan even on the team? I know he's a walk-on, but desperate times call for desperate measures. I mean, you always hear about, and this guy's just a walk-on. Well, that's great, but we don't even have the opportunity to do that. We don't even have the opportunity to create that particular scenario in a game for our walk-on to maybe just go off for a career night. I mean, the way college basketball is, we're due for a big win. Uh, we had a top five team. We kept battling, and we're we're just right there. I mean, we're a comedy away from being able to win some of these games. I mean, we could be seven and one in the ACC right now. Uh, but you know, there's a piece of me that wants to have hope after last night because I legitimately think Florida State is a Final Four contender. I said it on Friday that uh, Thursday. I think that Florida State's legit. They're Easily one of the top five teams in the country. However, I've just seen too much at this point, too much of the same crap. Like, we've lost to BC. We were close with Georgia Tech. Okay, we've been close with Toledo. We lost to a North Carolina team that we determined wasn't very good. Now, that was a stronger North Carolina team, but, but the, you know, let the, let the opinion live for a second. We stayed close with Louisville, uh, Syracuse. All these games are looking the same. I mean, you go back and look at our, what, uh, one, two, three, four, five, last six games. Since the Syracuse game, we're two and four, and all the games look the exact same. 
we're up, and our highs, unfortunately, aren't as high or aren't as sustainable as our lows. You know, we have nice highs, but our lows are way more impactful. The lows are just so much more impactful. We got out yesterday on what I consider the top five team in the country, a top five team in the country. We got out early and looked good, up by 10 early. I mean, you, you you can't beat it. Like, that is exactly the start that you want against a team like that. Uh, well, we were up 13 to 4, 15, 6. I mean, and then it started. And, and you could just see. I, and I don't know what it is because I don't know that we're that tired eight minutes into a game. And if we are, that's a, that's a strength conditioning problem. I'm sorry. Because there's plenty of schools out there. I mean, Syracuse, they're doing it. They're When we did the Syracuse preview both times, I said that they're the exact same teams. Notre Dame and Syracuse are playing like the exact same style because they're short bench. But Syracuse doesn't look terribly bad. And if that is the problem, if we're gassed that early, then we need to... Obviously, we can't fix strength and conditioning at this moment, but we've got to do something different with rotations or we got to do something different with our defense so we're not uh, just completely taxed. Um, you know, Prentice Hub led the way yesterday, 24 points. Um, oh, 7 of 16 from the field. Just, I don't know. I mean, Hub, he's a nice player. We have to be happy we have him. Um I don't know. He played 39 minutes, um, had a lot of points down the stretch. You know, his final 10 points came in the last five and a half minutes. And without those points, this game's probably a blowout because we were down by 11 at one point toward the end of the game. And, and how this game ever became, I mean, I know it's my job locked on the locked on network has hired me to be the guy for locked on locked on Irish basketball and football team. That's what I agreed to. And I struggled to finish that game yesterday. And I went in the kitchen and I almost said, turn it off, turn Puppy Dog Pals on for my son. That's his favorite. I was like, it's more worth it than this. I can sum up what's about to happen. And then I stayed with it. And wouldn't you know, we came back as great. Um, like I said, I love having Hub on the team. He's somebody we need, but he has got to crash more. He's got to be more aggressive in the lane. I mean, he did better in this game, but still 11 of his 16 shots are coming from three, and he's not exactly the most efficient three-point shooter. He's 5 of 11 yesterday. He led the way in three-point makes. I'm fine with that. Again, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have been in the game. I understand it, but as a point guard, you have got to be able to distribute a little bit better, and you've got to be able to have more of an He only had one assist yesterday. I mean, are you out there playing mellow ball? Or are you just a stopgap out there? I mean, ah. <sighs> I don't know. Something's got to change. Something's got to change to put us over the hump. Now, we could stick with this. And while his 24 points are appreciated, and who knows where we'd be without him. I mean, Hub's going to be a nice player even going into next year. We need him. We need him to be the guy. He's only a sophomore. I would imagine he'll be a four-year guy. Uh, We just need more. We need more in his development this year other than just chucking up threes and hoping. Uh, Leshevsky, I need more. Zero points off the bench. Look at the, I mean, go to the box score if you get a chance. This is why Florida State's a number five team in the country. Vassell, their leading player, I mean, leader in basically everything, 11 points. That's fine. They got 19 points from one guy off their bench, okay? Wyatt Wilkes had 19 points off the bench. He only averages 3.2. How the hell did that happen? Just went off from three, five of six from three. They shot 12 of 18 as a team. Uh, and just look at the bench production. Thirteen. Uh, what do they get here? I mean, eighty-five. Well, shit, not eighty-five points. That's how many they scored in the game. 
Let's see if I can do some quick math here. 21, uh, 40 points off their bench. <laughs> we had 12 coming from Dane Goodwin, who had a nice game, played 29 minutes, three of six, two of four from three-point land. Hey, nice game. That's what you expect off of a bench guy. Um, nobody else for Florida State did what Wilkes did. That That's kind of unheard of. But, I mean, they got, what, eight, eight of their three-pointers came from guys coming off the bench. I mean, just the way they distributed the ball, the way they drove the lane, and that's another thing. I mean, have some pride on defense, getting out in transition, and, and are you just that tired? Uh, the transition buckets, easy, easy transition buckets. And you knew you had a, had a feeling it was going to be like this, one, based off just reading about the matchup. And then you've seen them on the floor together, and you're like, okay, Florida State, that team looks different. All right, that team looks different. And we played right with them, and I think that's the more frustrating thing. You know, if we just go out there, we get blown out, then, oh, well, okay, then we just kind of move on, next thing. But, you know, we didn't. We hung right with a team that was longer, more athletic, and on their home court, on their home court. Fluger has got to come off the bench, bottom line. He's no threat. He's not even a threat in in the traditional sense of, like, this guy's not a threat because he can't score. He's not a threat because he's not going to shoot. All right? Like, that's why he's not a threat. I, uh, I'm, I mean, you can tell I'm frustrated. You're frustrated. 32 minutes, he shot four times. I mean, great four assists. But he had seven turnovers, guys. Anybody else would have been benched. I love what we got out of Durham. I mean, maybe that's the lineup. Mooney, Durham, good one. Hub, Gibbs. Love it. Sign me up. Gibbs fell back down into his inefficiency. One of five from three. Four of 12 from the field a, a total. Um, four assists. We'll take it. He had 11 points total. Uh, Mooney, great game. Uh, as always, I mean, what are you going to say? Five of nine. One of, one of two from three. 16 points. Um, five rebounds. The uh, the double-double streak does come to an end, though. He wasn't as active on the boards, but Durham. Maybe Durham stepping up. You know, I said a couple weeks ago, I was like, you know, is Mooney just getting these numbers because there's nobody else getting them? Well, Durham played the best game he played all season long, in my opinion. I want to get, I want to get to this real quick. I mean, it was a great game for him, and I hope, out of a six eleven, two hundred twenty three pound dude, I hope this is what is more to come. He had his he, season high, tied his season high for 16 points. His other time he scored 16 was against Detroit. So yesterday, Saturday was his season high. Five of nine from the field. He fi- finally got 28 minutes. It's the most minutes he's played in any one game this year outside of Presba frickin' Tyrion. Uh, five of nine from the field. Had a nice little hook shot. Went to the line seven times. The only other times he went to the line more was against Presbyterian and Fairleigh Dickinson. He's got to play more minutes. I want to see Durham anywhere from 29 to 32 minutes from here on out. This gives us an inside presence, had nine rebounds, almost had a double-double. The only other games he's went for double, uh, double-digit double rebounds are Syracuse, Fairleigh Dickinson, and then good old Presbyterian, who we, I wish we could just play every week. He had two blocks. In my opinion, his best game because of the opponent. And we, got, we need more. I need more Jawan Durham in my life. And again, though, going back to the original point, is this what we're going to see every week? Are we just that chronic team that's going to play up to the level of our opponent and then down to the level of our opponent? We've seen it against Georgia Tech. Now we've seen it against Florida State. We've seen it against Syracuse. We see it against NC State. We've seen it against BC. We've seen it against Indiana. Is this just the way it's going to go? Is every single game just going to be like this? Because we got a hell of an opportunity coming up. 
our last of opportunities. I think March Madness is done, but I think the NIT is still out there. Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Pitt, Clemson. You couldn't ask for anything more. Wake Forest is ranked dead last in the ACC. Pitt, 13-7, and seven, totally winnable. Georgia Tech, we just got done beating them, 9-11. and 11. Go on the road to Clemson, 10-9. and nine. This is our opportunity. We reel off four, 15 and, 15 and eight. You got UVA, you got Duke. You get two tier one wins sitting right out there for you. You get one of them, we can start talking again. Until then, uh, CIT, I guess. So an Irish player has been released from his letter of intent. Uh, class of 2020 signee Landon Bartleson uh, got in a little trouble. Uh, gun store robbery. How freaking with two 16-year-olds, how damn dumb can you be? How dumb can you be? And on top of dumb on dumb, let me just get to this because I know I'll forget when I start ranting and raving and carrying on. If you are on Twitter and you make the comment that apparently Notre Dame didn't vet these kids properly and all this and that, then just shut the hell up and get off Twitter. Like, seriously, how much of a hater can you be? I've read that more than once. That's ridiculous. They get only a certain amount of time they can recruit these guys. He didn't have a record, all right? Uh, I mean, I wish the best for this kid. I When I first read it, I was so hoping that this wasn't true. So hoping that he was, you know, that he'd come out innocent. But, hey, more power to the school, man. Wipe your hands of him because clearly this was going to be an issue. This was uh, just frustrating, man. Uh, frustrating because it's a position that has a lot of questions. And it's also a position that just got, got more questions. Uh, I'll read the quote here. Coach Kelly, after reviewing all the facts available to us and speaking with the Bartleson family, we inform them Landon will no longer be welcomed as a member of our football program. Ugh. That's a tough conversation. This incident is very much out of character for this man, for the man, man we have come to know, and we wish Landon and his family well. Mm, that's tough. That is tough. Eight millions of dollars, I guess, to have those conversations, but... I mean, you don't have any problem booting him off, but, I mean, I feel for the family. You know, they had high hopes for this kid. And to get tied up in something like this, I mean, they say two juveniles uh, charged. Bartleson charges an adult because he's 18. Ooh, that's going to stick with him for a while. First-degree burglary, first-degree criminal mischief, receiving stolen property over $10,000. Wow. And then they also, the third charge was what, in relation to the theft of a 2015 Lexus NXT, NX200T, which investigators linked to the three suspects, including Bartleson. All nine firearms in the motor vehicle were recovered by a Thor. Nine? Come on, man. Ugh. Yeah, that's Tom Van Haren, ESPN writer, on his release there. Now, what does this mean for our for the class? I mean, on the football field. I mean, I, you guys are all smart enough. Um, let's talk about Bartleson as a recruit. He was a three-star guy. Um, you know, it, interesting, some of the schools that recruited him and still a three-star guy. I mean, he had offers from Ohio State. He had offers from Kentucky. Obviously, that's where he's from. Nice player. Um, us, Louisville, Michigan, Tennessee. So, be, despite being a three-star player, I mean – School's seen something in him. He was the number six uh, ranked recruit in all of Kentucky. He was coming to us as an athlete. That's what he was recruited as. Number 30 athlete overall, 519th nationally uh, recruit, um, ranked recruit overall. Um, that, that's all according to 247. Uh, but he was going to play corner for us despite you know being listed as an athlete as they do. So what does that mean for us? Well, it means cornerback just got a lot thinner. 
unfortunately, because ugh, that position scares me. You know, you just hope that somebody like a, like a Kivara Russell is what, um, you know, what pops up because Kivara was kind of a revelation, right? Came to Notre Dame as a running back, turned into a really nice player. I mean, we put him on our all-decade team for Notre Dame. It's great, but this is going to test the medal of Notre Dame. This is going to test what, how well have we recruited? Uh, because you got what three guys already on the roster? Uh, See, so Bracy, Sean Crawford, Frankenstein. That's what I'm going to start calling him because he's like just pieced together. Um, they're already on the roster. It's probably who's going to be starting. But now you're testing how well have you previously recruited? Because if this impacts that much, a true freshman three-star recruit, then we were in trouble already, in my opinion. Now, unfortunately, on the downside of the news, well, I mean, this this show, this is just all downside. What am I saying? Um, you know, we didn't have highly rated recruits in this position in this class. However, our friend at, at the... Uh, the Irish Maven, Brian Driscoll on Sports Illustrated. Make sure you check his stuff out. Irish Breakdown on Sports Illustrated. He did have Bartleson as his highest-graded cornerback coming in, but said he was very raw and likely needed some more time to develop. Um, so what does that mean? Um, that means K.J. Wallace, Cam Hart, Isaiah Ruff Rutherford. You're going to have to step up in a big way, friends. I want to see Cam Hart. A lot of, lot of uh, speculation about him being really good despite some injuries last year. Isaiah Rutherford... Um, I'm pretty sure that's who I'm thinking of between him and KJ Wallace that were very uh, highly recruited. Let's take a look here. Isaiah Rutherford. I swear I'm not having a, a stroke here, but you know you do so much recruiting uh, research and stuff. Yeah, four-star guy. That's right. He was the number 27 overall prospect coming out of California. Held offers from pick a team. I mean Alabama. He was recruited by Tosh Lupoy at Alabama. Had offers from Tennessee, obviously SC. We plucked him right out from under SC. Had offers from LSU, so you got to like that. Um, but these three guys, hopefully, our recruiting is so good that we don't have to lean on these guys because they're all raw. We're all we're taking chances just on some athletes is what we're doing, and we're hoping we can develop them. So that goes back to hopefully these sophomores to be or redshirt freshmen to be have been developed properly and that recruiting is on as on point as we want to think it is. Now, speaking of additions to the team and not subtractions, uh, we did have an interviewer, somebody get interviewed over the weekend for the offensive assistant position that's come open uh, per, again, our friend Brian Driscoll at the Irish Maven, Irish Breakdown on Sports Illustrated. Make sure you sign up, check it out. Our content will be on there as well in the online community. Uh, on on campus this week, he is currently the offensive line and uh, offensive coordinator for Bowling Green, which gave me pause at first, but then you got to realize he's interviewing for just an assistant position. He's going to work with tackles, tight ends. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and then I, I kind of read Brian replied to somebody that made a comment that, you know, he has a lot, some longevity, with some friends with um, the coaches there at, um, at Bowling Green. So I'm okay with that. I'm not, you know, he's not running the offense. He's not running a defense. Maybe it's different if that's the case. Uh, coached with the Wolverines for a little bit from 97 to 05. Uh, took the offensive coordinator role in 2002. Uh, the Wolverines finished that year, according to Brian, uh, top 10 in his first two seasons at the helm. Uh, of course, they won their split national title in 1997. That would have been his first season there. 
Uh, so, you know, I think it'd be a nice addition. I am not clear on who the other candidates might be. Uh, says here also in Malone's tenure, including a pair of first round picks, Steve Hutchinson, Jeff Backus, and then two second round picks, John Jansen, Maurice Williams, uh, Michigan produced five 1,000 yard rushers and uh, a 2,000 yard rusher during Malone's tenure. Uh, he also worked a little bit with the Saints. Uh, he was part of the coaching staff with the win over the Colts. They had Graham, Shockey, guys like that. So he's worked with some great talent. He's been around some great talent. For a position like this, um, it's an outside hire. I don't mind it. Again, I would really love to see who the other candidates are. But that was an official interview over the weekend for this for this line uh, and assistant offensive uh, offensive assistant position. So we'll keep you updated on that as things develop. So that wraps up this Monday edition Locked On Irish podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. Tomorrow we will be getting to. I even made some notes this time. Yes, we got to talk about another passing, unfortunately, but somebody that was pretty impactful in the Notre Dame world, uh, Gene Corrigan. We'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. Do a little top 25 college hoops whip around. A senior Bowl happened over the weekend. We didn't really have time for that, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. And of course, man, you know. You, you know we're going to talk Wake Forest because it's happening. Whether we like it or not, there's another basketball game to be played out there. So we just have to kind of grit and bear it and hope something better happens than what's been happening, right? So until tomorrow, make sure you're following us out there at Locked on Irish on Twitter or Locked on Irish on Facebook. Listen to us on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you tweet at the show at Locked on Irish, and just let us know some of your Kobe Bryant memories. Let us know who you think this candidate should be. You know, All we were hearing is Terry Malone. He had the official interview. Who else do you like for an offensive assistant slash offensive line coach? All right, guys. Until next time, go Irish.